Praise God. Jesus. Can we just lift our hands across the room? If you feel comfortable this morning, let's worship the Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy of all our praise and all the glory. Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. thankful for his blood this morning. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to be with you this morning. Resurrection Sunday. Amen. I mean, he's thankful that he rose again. Amen. Amen. Feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place. Let's sing that again. Jesus. Come on, worship Him. Worship Him. Father, we thank you. Thank you this morning for sending your son to die a a criminal's death. And we thank you for the blood that he shed. We thank you, Lord, for the third day when he came out of that grave victorious. And now he's ascended to the right hand of the Father where he ever maketh intercession for us. Lord, I praise you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you, God, for all the things you've done for us and all the things you're going to do. Your faithfulness. Your provision. 
your restoration. We have all things through Him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the worship team a hand this morning? Need a new drummer if, if anybody's anybody plays the drums. <laughs> Let's give our kids a hand also. Yeah. you're visiting with us this morning, it's good to have you. Uh, let's give our visitors a hand. Amen. Hey, uh, we need all the help we can get. Amen. I've, I know if you made a decision to stay or come back next week, we'd love you just the same. Amen. We're not about condemnation here. Because Jesus didn't come to condemn, did he? He came to, he came to save, and and uh, that's our message. Jesus Christ. Amen. If you haven't been with us um, over the last, I say, couple of months, we've been in a series in Judge in the Book of Judges, and um, um, we went through the Book of Judges, talking about each one, and now we're on now we're on Samson in a. I know it's kind of weird for Easter, but um, last week we left Samson um, setting 300 foxes on fire to destroy the Philistines. And this week, I want to pick up in Judges chapter 16, just to give you a little bit on Samson. Samson was set apart in his mother's womb. How many remember that? He was set apart as a, a Nazarite for life. Some, some would take a Nazarite vow. In, in uh, the biblical days, they would take a Nazarite vow for 30 days or 100 days at the most. But, but God set Samson apart to be a Nazarite for life. And so the Nazarite had three things. The, the Nazarite vow involved three things. Number one, abstinence from wine and, and strong drink. Number two, refraining from cutting the hair. And number three, the avoidance of contact with the dead. And we find in, in Samson's life that he, he did all three of these things <laughs> like he wasn't supposed to, but, but God still used him and God still saw through his, uh, his difficulty and saw through his decisions, these bad decisions that he made, and he still used him for His glory, to defeat the enemy. But in, in chapter 16, we, we find Samson once again falling short. Verse 1 says, One day Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. That's a good way to start an Easter sermon, isn't it? <laughs> Word soon spread that Samson was there, so the men of Gaza gathered together and waited all night at the town gates. 
They kept quiet during the night, saying to themselves, when the light of morning comes, we will kill him. But Samson stayed in bed only until midnight. Then he got up, took hold of the doors of the town gate, including the two posts, and lifted them up, bar and all. He put them on his shoulders and carried them all the way to the top of the hill across, across from Hebron. And I told you, I've been telling you over these weeks that Samson, in some instances, is a type of Jesus Christ and what in other words, he's, he's an example of what Jesus Christ was coming to do in his life and ministry. And I was reading this in verse 3, and I, and I thought about Resurrection Sunday. It says that Samson stayed in bed until midnight. And I'm thinking about Jesus Christ early Sunday morning. He got up out of the grave. Come on, somebody. He got up out of the grave. And he took the gates. (laughs) You see it? And he took the gates. And he busted through the grave. (laughs) The Bible says he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He took the gates of hell and he put them on his shoulder and he carried a cross up a hill. Come on, somebody. Now he's ascended to the right hand of the Father. And our victory is in Him. And so I saw that in this story of Samson. But Samson was a man of, of shortcomings. He, he had some faults with women. He loved women a lot. And, it, and this one thing he couldn't get over was, was the fact that this lust in his life had overtaken his life, and, and every time a woman would show up on the scene, he would fall prey to those, to that, to that lust and to, to that uh, predicament in his life. But it says that he spent the night with the prostitute, and word soon spread that Samson was there. And so, before, right before this, and I didn't say this earlier, but right before this, Samson had Samson had gone away to a cave, and he. he he thought he would get away from everything, and he went to a cave to stay there. And then the Israelites come and guide him because the Philistines were looking for him. And they said, hey, if, if you go with us, we're just going to tie you up. And if you go with us, we'll, I, I'm just going to turn you into the Philistines. And he said, okay, as long as you don't kill me, I'll go with you. He went, he went with the Israelites, and when he got to the Philistine camp, the Philistines began to rise up against him. And so he breaks, Samson breaks these ropes and finds a jawbone of a donkey on the ground. He, he takes a jawbone of a donkey and kills a thousand men. You think about that. A thousand men with just one jawbone because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And this morning I want to talk to you about the secret of your strength. The secret of your strength. And so now the Philistines are hot, hot, on, hot in pursuit after Samson because of what he've done, he's done to their, their brethren, their brothers and sisters, their, their army. And so he, they're, they're after Samson, and Samson goes 
uh, to Gaza, which is a town in, in the, in the uh, Philistine camp. And he spends the night there with the prostitute. Well, these guards find out that he's there, and he's staying there. He's, uh, and they say whenever he wakes up, we'll get him, we'll take him, take him back into custody. Well, we find that that wasn't the case. But verse 4 says this, and y'all, y'all all know this story. Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah. I mean, remember Samson and Delilah. And she lived in the valley of Sorek. And the rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, Entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. And so Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely. And Samson replied, If I were tied up with seven new bowstrings that have not yet been dried, I would become as weak as anyone else. And so the Philistine rulers brought Delilah seven new bowstrings, and she tied Samson up with them. And she had hidden some men in one of the inner rooms of her house, and she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson snapped the bowstrings as a piece of string snaps when it is burned by a fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. And afterward, Delilah said to him, You've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now please tell me how you can be tied up securely. You see it? You see how the enemy works. And I want to stop there and tell you that the enemy is out to get you. And he's out to get you in a way that sometimes we don't even realize he's working in. The Bible calls him Satan. And in the Greek, it's actually Diablo. And, I, and I'm not going to get too deep this morning, but I, I think I need to explain that word Diablo. See, the word is broken into two pieces. The first piece is dia which means a cross. It means a cross. And the, third, and the, second, the second part of that word is, is bolus, which means a ball that was thrown. So in, this is the way Satan works. And if you put the two words together, it means this, to throw until he penetrates. Come on, somebody. Because this is how Satan works. He takes one thought and he hits you. He takes one thought and he hits you. And he hits you. See it? Diablo is his name. He takes the ball and he throws you. He throws it at you until the thought penetrates your mind. Because the mind is the gateway to the heart. You see it? And I, I, tell, I tell people this all the time. If we can just realize what Satan is doing, then we can get victory in the, right off the bat. We can get big victory before it goes too far. Because this is the way Satan works most of the time is, is he hits you with that one thought. It's not, it's not a million thoughts. He knows, where, he knows where he can get you. He knows what your bend is toward a sin. He knows that some are, 
are addicted to this, and he knows some are addicted to women, and some are addicted to, to, all, to drugs and alcohol. He knows, he knows these things about you because the Bible says he's a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. It means he's crouched in the bushes watching you. He's watching you, and he's, he's, he's watching you at home, and he's watching you at school, and he's watching you in the marketplace, and he's watching you at your job to see what your weakness is. And if he finds your weakness, then he takes the ball. Come on, somebody. And he throws it over and over until he penetrates the mind. And when he penetrates your mind, now it's in your mind. Now it goes to your heart. Now you start believing the words that, that Satan's saying over you. Some of you are believing things like, I'll never be good enough. I know I, I, know I, I prayed a prayer when I, was, when I was 10 years old, but, but I've, I've gotten so far away from God that, that God wouldn't even, He wouldn't even touch me with a, with a 10-foot pole now. But you know that's a lie from Satan. And Satan's been telling you you're not good enough. And he's been telling you things like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> you're supposed to be a Christian and you're doing that. And he's heard those words. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren. And so he, he begins to, Delilah begins to use the enemy's tactics against Samson. And he began, she begins to hit him. And hit him. And hit him. And the Bible says here in verse 10, After Delilah said to him, You've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now please tell me how you can be tied up securely. And Samson again lies to her and he says, if I were tied up with brand new ropes that had never been used, I would become as weak as anyone else. So Delilah took new ropes and tied them up with them and the men were hiding in the inner room as before and Delilah cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But again, Samson snapped the ropes from his arms as if they were thread. Here she comes again. Can I tell you the devil is not going to give up? Just because you got saved is not going to get easy. Because now he knows I got to stop them. I got to stop them at all cost. And that's why some of the some of the people have fallen through the years. Some of the greatest people, men of God and and women of God have fallen through the years because the enemy just won't stop and they just they just finally give in to the weight of it. And, and I believe this also, that, that through the years, somehow they've, they've gotten comfortable in their sin. They've gotten comfortable in the things that they're doing. And they, and they lose track of where their strength actually comes from. And watch, watch this. Delilah said, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. See, same thing. He's repetitive. And now tell me how you can be tied up securely. And Samson replied, 
If you were to weave the seven braids of my hair into the fabric on your loom and tighten it with the loom shut tight, I would be, become as weak as anyone else. And so while he slept, Delilah wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric. And then she tightened it with the loom shuttle. Again she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson woke up, pulled back the loom shuttle, and yanked his hair away from the loom and the fabric. Do you see what Samson's do you see do you see here what Samson's doing? Every time Delilah comes to him, he gets a little closer to the true source of his strength. A little bit closer. This time he mentioned his hair. Next time, watch. Delilah pouted. How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? You've been made fun of me. You've, you've made fun of me three times now, and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. And she tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> Finally, Samson shared his strength with her. Do you see that? The King James actually says he shared his heart with her. And that's exactly where the enemy wants you. It's just to give up and just, just lay down and die. The seduction of the enemy is how is number one in, in how he takes a believer out. Am I talking to someone this morning? Because but here I'm I'm not here to condemn you because all of us are hit with the enemy in different ways, in different tactics. Some of us have bends toward jealousy and anger. Some of us other some of us have addictions that we just can't break. Some of us, it's just as simple as, as you get mad every time someone says a crossword to you. And you just blow up on them. But the enemy's using that to keep you bound. And he's using that so that he, his glory can't work through you. And, and Delilah says, uh, Samson says, My hair has never been cut, he confessed. For I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. And if my head were shaved, my strength would leave me. And I would become as weak as anyone else. And Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth. So she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. And then this way she began to bring him down and his strength left him. Can you imagine? Being lulled to sleep by the enemy. And then she says, 
she cried out, The Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And when he woke up, he thought, watch this, watch these words, I will, I will do as before and shake myself free. And I tell you, you're never going to shake anything off of you by yourself. He says, I'll just do it like I did before. And see, some, some, somehow through the years with, with God using Samson, somehow he began to think it was him that was doing it. And that's how we do it. That's how it happens in our life. Sometimes God uses us greatly in the ministry. Sometimes God uses us mightily in different ministries. And then all of a sudden we begin to think, it's me that's doing this. It's me that's bringing the people in. It's me that's, that's preaching the, the Word. It's me that's teaching the Sunday school class. All these kids come to my class because I've been faithful and I've been doing all the right things. That's never the case. But he didn't realize the Lord. You see those words? He didn't realize the Lord had left him. The Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and and gouged out his eyes. And they took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. But before long his hair began to grow back. Can I tell you that your hair will grow back? Just because you failed God, just because you've fallen short in an area in your life, does not mean that you can't come back to Him. His mercy is new every morning. And I know a lot of people tell If you do enough bad things, then God will stop loving you. And they're lying. Now, I'm not giving you an excuse to go do whatever you want to because that's not the case either. But God knows exactly where our weaknesses are. He knows exactly where we fall short day after day. And He's trying to take those shortcomings and He's trying to make make something great out of those. Just like Samson, whenever he would make a mistake, God would still, use, God would still come around that mistake and, and somehow use it for His good. And Paul says it this way, for God is working all things together. Amen. All things. Not only the bad decisions, the good decisions, not only the stupid things that we do on a daily basis, not, not only... The, the great things that we do for God, but He's, he's working all things together for the good of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. Are you called according to His purpose this morning? He's working all things together for your good. It doesn't say for the, for the good. It says for your good. There's a difference. Because a lot of people think when they come to Jesus that all things are going to be good. <laughs> but can I tell you, some days you're going you're to suffer loss. Some days you're going uh, to be swallowed up in the battles of hell. <laughs> some days you're going to feel like dirt. Some days your wife is going to hate you. Some days your kids are going to hate you. Some days your church is going to hate you. 
But you've got to keep going. You've got to keep, you gotta keep moving along because God's working it all together for your good. But he says, he'll, he said, I'll just shake myself free. And they captured him and they gouged out his eyes. But I love this verse. His hair began to grow back. His hair began to grow back. I mean, he's thankful for the grace of God. In verse 23, the Philistine rulers held a great festival, offering sacrifices and praising their God, Dagon. They said, Our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy to us, the one who killed so many of us and now is now in our power. Half drunk by now, the people demanded, Bring out Samson so he can amuse us. So he was brought from the prison to amuse them, and they had, had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. And Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, Place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. Now the temple was completely filled with people, and all the Philistine rulers were there. And there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching Samson amuse them. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Here's the key. Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. I mean, if you're, if you're away from God this morning, there's only one prayer you have to pray. Remember me again. Come on, somebody. Am I? Remember me. The Bible says if, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. His name is Jesus Christ. He's our advocate. In other words, he's, 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 He was placed in substitution for us. And now He's advocating on our behalf. And every time we mess up, all we have to do is, Lord, remember me again. Lord, forgive me for what I've done. I, I want to start new. I want to, I want to start over. And he'll, he'll hear that. That's the prayer that He'll hear every single time. Sovereign Lord, remember me again, O God. Please strengthen me just one more time. And with one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. And then Samson put his hand on the two center pillars that held up the temple, pushing against them with both hands. He prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire life. And I'm thinking about Jesus on an old rugged cross when he stretched his hands out between the pillars. On somebody. If the wrath of God were a bus, he stepped right in front of it. And he took the blow. And he stood between the pillars 
for our salvation. The weight of the world, the weight of the sin was on him. And he said, I'm going to die for him anyway. And he took the pillars and he pushed them apart. And the weight fell on top of him. And now we're victorious through him. And I'm telling you the secret of your strength this morning. The secret of your strength is not in your hair. The secret is your of your strength is Jesus Christ. He stretched out His hands two, over 2,000 years ago for you and for me. And He's still advocating on our behalf. <laughs> His blood still washes people clean. Come on, somebody. How many has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus? He's still washing people clean. And listen, he, he took the weight on his shoulders and he pushed the pillars apart and the weight of the world fell on top of him. And he died with the world watching. But unlike Samson, he didn't stay dead. The third day he came out of the grave. And now we're victorious through him. And listen, I know it's Resurrection Sunday, but I like to tell people this. The victory is in His death. You see it with Samson. The victory is in His death. You see, we, we talk about the resurrection, and the resurrection is, is good, but the, ne- the resurrection was never in question. Because when he died, prophecy said he's coming back. He promised he'd come back. He promised he'd come back on the third day. And listen, he's promising us today that he's coming back for us again. And someday soon he's going to split the eastern skies. And we're going to go up with him if we're ready. We're going to meet him in the air is what the Bible says. I want to tell you this morning that it doesn't matter how far you've gone away from God. It doesn't matter how far, uh, how many mistakes you've made over the past week. God still loves you. And He's already... Push the pillars apart. Listen, and this is this is this is where we mess up. And I said the, the title of this message was the secret of your strength, is because a lot of times we try to use our strength to defeat the enemy, and it'll never happen. And listen, and this is what we do: we try to act like Samson, and we try to push the pillars apart ourselves. And we try to do it on our, on our own. We try to do it in our own strength. And we say, if I, if I can just work myself to death doing good things, then God will love me. Can I tell you, God already loves you. You don't have to do another thing this morning, but accept Him as your Lord and Savior. That's all you have to do this morning. You don't have to work. You don't have to work. You don't have to come to church three services and then be baptized and then go, you know, washing the Jordan River four, four times. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus Christ. 
All you have to do by faith is say, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And you're washed clean. Just like that. And I'm not here to argue. I know there's different denominations that believe different things, but this is what we believe and this is what we teach. If it's not, if you disagree with it, then that's your business. But we believe this by faith, through grace, you're saved. By faith, through grace, you're saved. And watch this the same way that you're saved is the same way you stay saved. By faith. Through grace, by faith, through grace. See, we come to an altar and we pray a prayer and we say, Lord, Lord, I want to be saved. I want to be set free. And then we walk out the room and we start trying to do things on our own. We start putting the weight of the world on our, on our shoulders and our sins and we try to do things. We try to pray four hours a day so we can just pray this off. When Jesus already paid the price. And all we have to do is say, Lord, I believe what you did for me at Calvary. And I believe it's sufficient enough to deliver me from this addiction. I believe it's sufficient enough to deliver me and bring my, bring my friendships back together. Bring my relationships back together. I, I know it's, it's good enough to save somebody. It's good enough to heal me. It's good enough to deliver And so, all we have to do on a daily basis is die to self. We lay down our life. Paul says it this way in Romans 12. You ought to be a living sacrifice. And we, we ought to lay our life down as a living sacrifice. Every day that we live, we, we lay down our life and we say, Lord... You're in control of my life. You're in control of every aspect of my life. And we'll just seat back in front of you. Fill it out. It says, I have decided to follow Jesus. And you can hand this to me or just slip it in the tithe box. And I want you to, to be baptized. Because that's the next step. I want you to be baptized in water. I want you to, to tell the world that you mean business with God. That's what baptism is. It's saying, Lord, Lord, I believe what you did for me and I'm telling the world about it. I want the world to see me go under and come up a new creation. And so it's just as simple as that. If you want to fill that, that card out and slip it in the box behind you or give it to, to me on the way out, it, it doesn't matter, but but all that matters is, is you prayed that prayer, we just prayed, and you're going out a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus today. Amen? Amen. I want you to, <clears throat> I want you to, to realize something. I know this is a little different. But I try to stay down to earth with people. <laughs> and I want you to realize something. None of us are perfect. And the, Bible, and, the, and the Bible says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we're continually falling short of the, of the glory of God. 
And let me tell you something. Whenever you're falling short of the glory of God, you need other people around you to help you out on this walk, on this walk with the Lord. And so we, we want you to be a part of a body that believes together. Amen? And whenever you're falling short one week, whenever you're, you're missing out one week, you can get on the phone and call somebody and say, hey, man, I need you to pray for me. Or I need, let's go get some lunch or something. You need that body of believers around you. Amen? So don't try to do it yourself. And so I want you to invite you back next week. Give it another shot. Amen? What, can, what, what do you have to lose? Two hours? Hey, what's two hours in the light of eternity? We need each other. Amen? Amen. So glad you came today. And uh, we love you. And we're here for you. Hey, and if you need some help during the week, get our website up. The messages are on the website now. And so maybe you just need a little refresher midweek. Hit it up. Also Wednesday night, 6.30, Bible study in the coffee room. Need a little extra.